Peter writes a letter to a church in the midst of persecution and difficulty to find joy, to find joy in the gospel. Paul does the same thing when he writes to the church at Philippi. He's possibly writing from a Roman prison. And he says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice talking to a group of Christians who were in suffering. James tells us to count it all joy when we encounter trials of various kinds. And these were Christians who were going through real persecution. The first century was a hard time to be a Christian. And there are people all over the world who have a hard time being a Christian. But there's something different between that first century Christianity, that Christianity around the world, and the Christianity that most of us experience as 21st century Americans. And that difference might be comfort. You see, our country was founded on this idea of religious liberty, and also that we have inalienable rights to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We're so used to getting what we want. And if we can't get what we want, then we have a vehicle through our governmental system, the way that everything is set up, that we can pursue that happiness. We can pursue what we want. And so maybe we're not concerned with joy because we're distracted by our own pursuit of happiness. When Tim Keller describes joy, he describes it this way. He says that joy is a delight in God for the sheer beauty and worth of who he is. Its opposite is hopelessness or despair, and its counterfeit is an elation that is based on experiencing blessings, not the blesser, causing mood swings based on circumstances. When we're in situations that cause us discomfort, when we're in situations that cause us pain, when we're in times that feel like suffering, we tend to use happiness to distract us from the things that cause us pain. We try to figure out a way out of it because, again, we have the right to pursue that happiness, and so we want to escape the negativity as quickly as we can. But here in 1 Peter chapter 1, continuing where we looked at yesterday, Peter confronts this suffering head on. After talking about the gospel in verses 3 through 5, in the first part of verse 6, in verse 6 he says, In this, in that gospel, you rejoice, though now for a little while it's necessary that you have been grieved by trials of various kinds, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Peter sees benefit in the struggle. Peter sees benefit in the midst of the suffering. And again, this is real suffering. This isn't feeling persecuted because someone said happy holidays to you in line instead of Merry Christmas. They were dealing with real oppression and suffering from a variety of different fronts. And what Peter is advocating here is not a self-help Christianity where if you just believe in Jesus hard enough and if you just have enough faith, then all of your problems and all the difficulties will go away. What Peter is calling us to is gospel-centered endurance. 
that we're able to go through suffering, that we're able to go through hardships, that we're going to go through times when we're not very happy, but we can still find joy in those times because the gospel is sufficient to get us through them. Peter's solution for his audience wasn't to escape their grief or their trials, but to find joy in their midst. But to really be able to do that, to find that kind of joy, we need a proper view of suffering. And when Peter talks about suffering, he shows us a few things. He tells us that first and foremost, suffering is overshadowed by the gospel. He has this beautiful picture of the gospel from verse 3 through 5 where he talks about the salvation that God brings and the inheritance that we have because of it. And he says that it's in this you rejoice, even though now for a little while you may be experiencing these trials of various kinds. That even though you're suffering, even though you're going through difficult times, the gospel is better. And the goodness of the gospel is better than the harshness and the depth of your suffering. And so cling to the gospel in the midst of your suffering because your suffering isn't as big as the grace and mercy of God. But Peter also says that suffering is painful. Because sometimes instead of being swallowed up by our grief, we just ignore it. But Peter doesn't. He says, In this you rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials. God understands that our suffering hurts. And that it's okay to be hurt. And that joy isn't the absence of that pain. Sam Storms says that joy is not the absence of suffering, but it's the presence of God. And so we can at the same time both weep and be joyful. Because sometimes life hurts, but God is still good. He also tells us that it's beneficial. He says that you go through these trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in the praise and glory and honor at the revealing of Jesus Christ. That there is purpose, that there's meaning to your pain, that God never wastes any of that, but he does work all things to the good of those who love him. Peter also says that your suffering will only last a little while. And sometimes that feels true. Sometimes it's a bad day. Sometimes it's a bad week. Sometimes we even have a bad year, but we think, you know what? 2017 is coming. But sometimes our suffering doesn't feel like it's lasting a little while. Sometimes it can feel like it lasts decades. Sometimes it really does. Sometimes our suffering can last an entire life. And sometimes our suffering kills us. And that doesn't seem like a little while, but it is because Peter is looking at life through the lens of eternity. And a swimming pool feels really big unless you drop it in the middle of the ocean. And then all of a sudden it doesn't seem very big at all. And so for Peter, for James, for Paul, they saw the world and they saw their suffering through that scope, through the scope of eternity. And so this incredibly long feeling of suffering, when you start looking at it compared to an eternity with Christ, it's just a little while. And then he says it will result in praise and glory. That when that little while is over, we're not going to have any ramifications from that pain, but Christ is going to wipe it all away, and all that will be left is praise and glory and thanksgiving and beauty. And it's this kind of view of suffering in light of the goodness of God that helps us find joy. 
in God, we have a good father who loves his children. We see in Christ that he is an empathetic high priest, that he has suffered in all the same same ways that we have. And so he's familiar with it. And so he comforts us in those times. We have the Holy Spirit who is a counselor and a comforter when we're at our weakest and most broken. And so even when it hurts, when it seems that there's no good, remember that God is good and that he is with you working all things to your good and never wasting a moment and never wasting a tear. You may be encountering trials now. But compared to the eternity that you are promised in Christ, they'll only last a little while. And know that you don't walk through them alone, but God walks through these trials with you, conforming you to his image along the way. And in that truth, you can find joy. And so as we spend some time in prayer, whether out loud or silently, I want to encourage you to, again, as we did yesterday, to pray for joy. Because today that might mean that you have to lay your trials and your struggles at the feet of Christ. And maybe you have to cry. Maybe it's painful. Maybe it hurts. And that's okay. But ask God, even in the midst of tears, to help you have a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory. Sometimes God takes away our suffering. Sometimes he doesn't. But he always gives us joy. And so spend some time asking God for joy. Psalm 27, verse 1 through 6. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. 
and now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Jeremiah 15, verses 15 through 21. O Lord, you know, remember me and visit me and take vengeance for me on my persecutors. In your forbearance, take me not away. Know that for your sake I bear reproach. Your words were found and I ate them, and your words became to me a joy and a delight of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. I did not sit in the company of revelers, nor did I rejoice. I sat alone because your hand was upon me, for you had filled me with indignation. Why is my pain unceasing, my wound incurable, refusing to be healed? Will you be to me like a deceitful brook, like waters that fail? Therefore thus says the Lord, If you return, I will restore you, and you shall stand before me. If you utter what is precious and not what is worthless, you shall be as my mouth. They shall turn to you, but you shall not turn to them. And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you, for I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. I will deliver you out of the hand of the wicked and redeem you from the grasp of the ruthless. God, thank you that there is meaning in our suffering. But God, thank you that you also know that it hurts when we suffer. In fact, you know our pain because, as we're told, Christ is not a high priest who is unfamiliar with our suffering, but that you have experienced the same kind of suffering, the same kind of hardships and trials. God, you know that it's very difficult for us to have joy in the midst of these times. But just like we don't find our joy and just the things that make us happy. God, don't let us lose our joy because of the things that bring us pain. But help us that whether we're happy or sad, whether we are sick or healthy, no matter what circumstances are going on in our lives, God, help us to find our joy in you. That even in the midst of tears and sorrow, that we would still have joy in our hearts because you remain the same. And we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus, our ultimate source of joy. Amen. As you go, you may be going out hurting, dealing with trials of various kinds. But may you know that your salvation is greater than your suffering. And that even though it hurts, you can still have joy in Christ. And that compared to the eternity that you have in Jesus, it will only last a little while. So even in the midst of hardship, may you go with joy. And as always, may you go with the gospel. Thank you for listening to An Invisible Ocean. My name is Chris Dills. I'm your host, and I'm the pastor of Redeeming Grace Community Church in Loganville, Georgia. If you like the show and you would like to support it, you could do it in several different ways. 
You can subscribe to the podcast and leave us a nice review. You can follow our host, Subcreative Media, on different forms of social media, on Instagram and on Twitter, at The Subcreative. Or if you'd like to give financially, you can find us on Patreon and become a patron. You can go to patreon.com slash an invisible ocean and support us monthly, whether that's a little bit or a lot. Every little bit helps to go into making this podcast. Thank you for spending your time with me today. I hope your day is blessed by the goodness and grace of the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. See you next time.